0: The Frequency 49 show continues to expand its worldwide audience and we would like to thank you, the listeners and contributors, for making the show so popular. Everyone involved in making the show, from the presenters in front of the microphones to the researchers and editors in the back room, give their time freely. However, there are costs in publishing the shows and keeping the archived episodes available to all. To raise funds to cover the cost of publishing, we've set up a GoFundMe page for anyone that may wish to donate towards those running costs. No matter how much you can afford to donate, we appreciate it, and it'll keep the show on the air for another year. If you'd like to donate, visit GoFundMe.com and search Frequency49Show. Visit our Facebook page Niner Empire GB for more information, or click on the link in the show's description. Interest is based on show content. Approval is subject to you being a fan of the San Francisco 49ers. Your home is at risk if you set fireworks off in it. Welcome to the Frequency 49 Show. I'm Paul McDonald, standing in for Kat Victorino. Kat's sabbatical continues as she tries to track down her perfect quarterback. There were reports of a streaking down the 101 like roadrunner ahead for Levi's with the news that Jimmy G was taken to the field. Hell, even Carl Shanahan said Jimmy G's still handsome. Who knows, Kat? I think you've got some competition out there. <laughs> Joining me today are James Little and Simon Holdsworth. Good evening, guys. Evening.
1: Good evening.
0: How are we both today? Okay. Yeah, not bad. Not bad. Jolly good. Well, uh, week two of the 2022 NFL season brought an old nemesis to the door in the form of Pete Carroll and the Seattle Seahawks. With predictions that this was a game for us to win. Some of us were cautious after the events of week one in Chicago. Despite that, our nerves were settled as the game progressed and then it happened. Trey went for one QB run too many and that was his season over. Bring on Jimmy G, and the fan base held the collective breath. Jimmy gave us a showing that was impressive, and as much as we could expect from him. What did you guys think of the game this week?
2: The game, the result, and the game was overall enjoyable. Obviously, it was a bit, it was a bit of a guilty happiness come the full time uh, because of what happened with Trey, and then it after the game start slowly started to sink in about what we've been through before with Jimmy, but I'm sure we will we all know about that and we'll discuss it and stuff. But the game, I was very happy. I, I thought it was a convincing win. Our defence is the best in the league and we still have Jimmy Ward to come back into that, I think. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, I thoroughly enjoyed it. I really did. And it made it even sweeter it was against the Seahawks and Pete Carroll because I've hated playing them for years. Although we've got the uh, the old nemesis up next week. I was hoping not to see him for a while, unfortunately. Yeah, Nemesis
0: part two.
2: (laughs) Yeah, part two, orange jersey version. Um, But no, the game was thoroughly enjoyable. Um, I think just a total team performance, which is what the strength of our team is, is the team, not one superstar player. Um, We have a number of game changers, And again, hopefully we'll get another one back next week in George Kittle. Um, Yeah. So yeah, no, it was enjoyable.
0: There was a marked difference, wasn't there, between the play in week one in Chicago and how the team performed this week. Whether you could put that down to the wind, the weather, I don't know. I think we just, we work better as a team, as a unit.
1: Yeah, I think I think it was a strange game for me, given the injury. I think any sports, no matter what sport it is, when there's a serious injury like that, it, it makes, makes the rest of the game feel a bit surreal. Um, but I think I'll echo what James said in terms of it was a team performance. I mean, we were utterly dominant. I mean, the, that's probably the worst Seahawks team I have I can imagine or can remember, should I say. Um, they are garbage. Um, but there were some standouts. I thought Jimmy did well um, and he did everything that we, we should expect from him. I think that for me, the standout was Talanoa Hufanga. I think we've got a real find in Talanoa Hufanga and he's balling out without Jimmy Ward next to him. Imagine what it's going to be like with Jimmy Ward next to him. I think he was the uh, he was a standout performer for me.
2: Yeah, he's definitely uh, definitely the standout performer of the team so far. I know we're only in week two. But uh, yeah, he's everywhere. He's everywhere. Um, which is brilliant, because we all we've all been a bit worried about the secondary in pre, well last season certainly. And I was a little bit worried about this season, but so far due to his play. I wasn't necessarily alone. I mean, mostly he's made a couple of good ones. and uh, Is it Mooney as well? Did well in against Seahawks. Mooney Ward. Um, so, yeah, but no, Hufanga's been everywhere. He's brilliant. Um, hopefully, we've got another, you know, another, another find, another, you know, another Warner, another, you know, the list goes on. So, hopefully, yeah. And he's also on a rookie deal still, which is good when we find players of, playing at this level or this this high level on such cheap deals, because as Deepak constantly reminds us, they're all going to need pain eventually, but that's that's to come. But yeah, fungus could be a superstar. We'll see. He certainly started very well.
1: It just reminded me of the way that he played um, of Troy Polamalu, where he used to be, you know, he was a safety with the long hair coming out the back of the helmet. <laughs> it's, it's the a, hair. It's, a, it's the hair. Everybody's it's it is, But the, the way hair. he plays as well, I mean, he's, He's hundred miles an hour. He's up at the line of scrimmage, making hits in the backfield. You know, he's hitting receivers as they're coming across the middle. He's attacking the ball. It was just—I was just really, really impressed with him.
0: One of the headlines from the from the game was, of course, Trey Lance's injury, the season-ending injury. We are going to have to talk about that, but we'll we'll do that a little bit later on in the show. Looking at the the basic stats for the game, Lance was two of three for thirty yards. Uh, Garoppolo was thirteen of twenty-one for one hundred and fifty-four yards. Uh, Jimmy Garoppolo had a hundred point one passer rating, uh, which I, I think Jimmy G he did show himself well this weekend. This weekend, didn't he?
2: Considering he hasn't had a playbook until quite recently, I know he's been with the team a number of years now, but you know, from season to season, these NFL teams adapt, and especially with. Carl Shanahan as our head coach and the great offensive mind he has. There's bound to be a number of new players that they just suddenly had to... Well, the game, the whole playbook would have been thrown out the window once Jimmy Garoppolo came into the game because he's a completely different style of quarterback to you know what we're led to believe, Trey Lance. Is, we haven't quite seen it, unfortunately, with that lad yet. But uh, we certainly won't be seeing Jimmy G doing any power runs up the middle. Uh, that's for certain. But, um, yeah, he, he, he came in and, you know, he... He did exactly what we want, we needed him to do and um, what we probably all wanted him to do, which was to come in, be solid, don't make any stupid decisions. And, you know, the touchdown to Dwelly, uh, all right, Dwelly was wide open, but, you know, it's a throw that had to be made and he made it. And, it you know, it was a bit further than what I would typically expect a Jimmy Garoppolo throw to be, which would be interesting going forward.
1: I think that explains, you know, his his completion ratio wasn't particularly good, but I think that that probably explains it. I, you know, the playbook, yes, will have been slightly towed down for Jimmy, but he certainly threw through more deep balls on Sunday than perhaps used to see him from Jimmy, and obviously that's down to the the uh, you know the expanded playbook for uh, for Trey's arm. So I thought he did well, Jimmy Gropolo, to be fair. And what was more telling was the the you know the the response of the the team when he went over for that touchdown. And, you know, the, the the fact that they just seem to visibly lift, which is, doesn't not look good on Trey, but it does on Jimmy.
2: I noticed uh, the thing that stood out for me was in the huddle, from having Trey in the huddle to as soon as Jimmy come into the huddle, McLean, had his hand on his shoulder. I don't know, again, I don't want this to be a slight on Trey Lance because his NFL career hasn't got going yet. We don't know what we've got with that lad, uh, despite people thinking they did after week one um you know but they do know him he's their guy a number of times they've said he's their guy and that that become uh visibly like you said Simon. it become visibly evident as soon as you came into the game i don't want to say it lifted them uh because that again i don't want it to sound bad and there's people there's reports of people saying that you know, rumors of oh, the guys in the locker room are happy. Well, I hope that's not the case because you don't want to see a teammate go down. So I don't believe that for one second. But you are right; it, it seemed seemed like a duck to water, shall we say? Do you think? Do you think the fact that
0: Trey went out and the playbook went out with him, and Jimmy came in with a, a, a playbook that? Is for him because he he can't play Trey Lance's playbook. Do you think that that threw the threw the Seahawks off, or did the Seahawks come in with no chance anyway?
1: I think the Seahawks are just a bad team, and mm. it's fantastic to see. I mean, they've lost they've <laughs> lost a, they've lost a lot of of lot of their blue chippers. You know, um, yeah. the last of really the Legion of Boom was the was the linebacker, wasn't he, who's gone to the Rams? Wagner, um, probably Wagner. Sorry. Is it Bobby, Bobby, Wagner? W- yeah. Bobby Wagner? Bobby yeah. Wagner, yeah. yeah. And um, Jamal Adams was out, obviously injured, wasn't he? Is it Jamal Adams? It is, yeah. Yeah, he was out injured. Um, and and Geno Smith is, you know, he's he's not the greatest. He never has been. He never will be. I mean, they're they're a team in transition at the moment, Seattle, and yeah. And I hope that transitional period lasts for uh, a good couple of decades. <laughs>
0: uh, well, looking at the rushing. Um... Again, Lance, three for 13 yards. Let, yeah, we, we'll get to Trey Lance in a while. Um, Debo Samuel for 53 yards. Uh, his longest was uh, 51 yards. Uh, Davis Price, four for 30, 14 for 33 yards. Juice, um, two for one yard, and he got a touchdown as well. Um, it was just a great game all around by the 49ers, wasn't it? Do you think that. Uh, do you think that George Kittle was necessarily missed in that game? Do you think that we would have been markedly better with him in the game, especially with Jimmy G coming in, and there being an obvious Jimmy G and George Kittle connection
1: in the run game? Definitely. Even though, even though our average yards per carry was good, we would have with, with George Kittle on the outside edge. We'd have destroyed Seattle
2: well they were running off the back of Trent Williams every time which yeah, i know the weather was a factor in week 1 but when you've got Trent Williams in your offensive line you just you just need to run off the back of Trent Williams or you know he 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 himself will happily take two or you know one or two i've seen in that seahawks game take three of the their defensive line push them back out of position which opened up Space for Jeff Wilson uh, on a couple of plays. When you've got someone like Trent Williams in your offensive line, you need to utilize that, and I don't think we did that week one, but we certainly did in this game. If you throw George Kittle into that mix, uh, you know I think we're going to see a lot of games that we've seen previously with Jimmy Garoppolo, where we're not going to be if we're not going to be throwing the ball much with Jimmy, which is is great. He plays to our strengths. Uh, it takes the pressure off. Jimmy, Uh, I mean, even in the Seahawks game, there was a point where I was like, this run game isn't working, it's not working, oh no, we're going to expect Jimmy to start slinging it, and then on the next drive, when we got possession back, it just clicked again, I think we must have just wore them down Um, and, you know, the the contributions, Jeff Wilson impressed me massively, uh, you know, there was questions over, could he step up with Mitchell uh, down, you know, a lot of people were saying letting letting, uh, other running back hasty Go may have been a mistake, but you know, I was, well, I was one of them saying keeping Jimmy around was absolutely mental, so it shows how much the fan base knows in general and me for that matter. But yeah, it was um, George Wood certainly had a tight end of his quality, would add something to anyone's. Uh, It'll be interesting anything. to
1: see because Davis Price has picked up an injury as well, hasn't he? Now, mm. yeah, so we're, yeah. We're, yeah, we're two running backs down, obviously, that brings in Mason. and I think I've seen today that we've activated Marlon Mack. Who was good for a couple of seasons in Indianapolis, and you know the amount of people that we pick up. You know who, uh, we picked up the guy from Atlanta, didn't we? A couple of seasons ago, Coleman, Tevin Coleman, who was was kind of bottomed out in Atlanta. He wasn't doing much, but you put anybody in this scheme in this in this run offense, and it just seems that they can do well. And Marlon Max, a talented guy, you know, he's obviously he's, he's been in the NFL for a while, so I'm sure he can just kind of come in and and hit those gaps like anybody else, really.
2: He was a 1,000-yard rusher in uh, one season, and then he had bad injuries. But you are right. And I think the evidence of that is not just us when we plug and play these running backs in. It's also, unfortunately for the players, what they go on and do after us, Matt Brader, bit part player now, Mozart. start. I mean, Dol- the Dolphins have gone two and zero, oh, and I mean, I haven't watched their games in full. Only seen highlights, but I haven't seen any particular highlights of Raheem Mozart running running sixty, seventy mile an hour, however quick he could run when he was the fastest player in the NFL for them. So I don't know how many snaps he's getting. Um. So yeah, you, you're completely right. I mean, it was a concern when Mitchell went down because how great he is, but Jeff Wilson, the, this past week was like, okay, yeah, Jeff. Jeff can uh, Jeff could be the hot hand. Jeff's doing well, and uh, like you said, David Price stepped in a few times. Bit of a more power back, I would say, than Wilson uh, Price. He took a bit more hits. I was a bit wincing at times, and obviously you've said he's picked up an injury, so hopefully it's well, not m- too bad. Mason's madder.
1: even more of a power runner, is not it? So I expect him to get, you know, if you know through the A and B gap, and then you know maybe Mal Mack were in out wider on the sweep yeah. yeah,
2: Yeah, yeah.
0: Right. Let let's talk about Trey. Let's talk about what happened. Um, another one of his, another one of his runs. He's he's dabbled with this to all of our dismay for quite well for but certainly for the first game and th- through preseason as well. The man will not slide. Whether a slide in this situation would have helped him, I don't know. Probably not. But the fact is, it was another run. He was out there and defenseless, basically. It was one of those things. He, he rolled over on his own ankle um, with the help of the Seahawks. Um, and it looks like he's broken his fibula and there's there's possibly further damage to his ankle. More than likely out for the year. I know there's been a couple of reports saying that he could be back uh, before the end of the 2022 season. That is the worst thing that they could do, I think. Give him time to recover and we'll have him for 2023. How how did you say? Initially, it didn't look like an anything injury, did it? But it sort of got worse and worse and worse the more you looked at it.
1: I have to be honest when I when I saw the actual tackle, the play, I thought it was unconscious. I thought that's a big hit, and it sounded like helmet to helmet contact. And I'm like, your initial reaction is why isn't it, why isn't it slid in there? Why did it not slide? Yeah. He's taking yeah. a, a, a you know a heavy blow off a defensive lineman to the upper body. And he's either knocked out or he's stunned. Because if you watch the footage, one of our players actually goes to pick him up to his feet and lift him up and he actually gets up to his feet. And then the next thing you know, he's back on the floor.
2: The question I want answered is, what was the play? Because I've not seen that question answered by Carl. And he may not answer it because it may possibly put the to him. was it a power qb run or was it an option play? and if it was an option player then obviously trey chose the wrong option and ended up injured so i'm not saying it's trey's fault he got injured I'm not saying it's cole's fault he got injured because it's a tough game people can get injured people can get non-contact injured did he did he answer it was yeah it he hell? did
1: it came out because um i think it might have been grant Kern or someone like that It was in the in the press box asked him what the hell is a quarterback doing running up the middle and he says you need to watch other players. You want to see how many times Josh Allen runs that play. See how many times, not Kyler Murray, because he's not as bigger bodied, but um, some of the bigger bodied, more mobile QBs, it's an option player. It's an option, you know, and the quarterback, it's on the quarterback to decide which option right. is the best
2: option. Okay. So it wasn't just a straight. QB power one up the middle. It, it wasn't no, option. I, it. No, okay. I, don't, I don't think so. No, and, think oh, I, yeah. That's fair. yeah. Okay, that it,
1: it's, a free, it's a freak injury. I've actually, I've actually had this injury myself. It's that you you break you you break your fibula by proxy by when you when you dislocate your ankle. So you can't you can't really dislocate your ankle without breaking your fibula, and it's it's right. No, it's
0: what you can't have one without the other.
1: Yeah, and it's and and the ligament and the ligament injury because of the way the ankle joint is is that when you break your ankle you knock it past a certain. Degree, and that's how you pull your or tear your ligaments. Um, it's not a huge, it's not going to be a career ender not by a long stretch of the imagination, it will come back bigger and better. But like you say, there's a difference between walking on and an, an, you know, a, a heeled ankle and playing football on a heeled ankle, and just give him as much time as he needs. There's no need to rush him back.
0: Yeah, when when he's ready to come back, give him a clipboard and let him just wash from the sidelines. We, we know that we've got Jimmy for the rest of this year. Um and he's going to be getting well paid by the sound of it. Um, certainly by the, um, the the finance package that was um, uh, was it Adam Schechter that that that, that leaked what his um, what his finance package is for this year. He, he's going to be well compensated for effectively bench warming for this year um, and being elevated to the number one QB spot again. So yeah, I think just uh, just let Trey Lance carry a clipboard again when he does come back when he's fit to come back and learn behind jimmy g again and he, he just needs to stop these runs up the middle he really i know he all all qb all young qbs they think that they are impervious to pain impervious to injury he's learned very quickly how wrong it can go and it, it's cost him a, a season effectively um through, through yeah. that choice
1: am i right in thinking that trainers came out of college a year early yes he well, he played.
2: He played twelve games because of COVID.
1: Oh, so he didn't come out a year early. He just, no, no it just a, he just missed the season because I knew he'd have carried limit, and I thought, well, if he's come out a year early, then he's still very, very, very
2: young. Well, he's young by age. uh yeah. I th- is he not the youngest out of the? Uh, actually, to be honest, I think Justin Fields and him are a similar age to being to being Tyler's. I don't know without looking at it, but yeah, it, it puts his development back another year. So having sat his first year, and now you know his he's full rookie season going. We'll have he's a third missed, year he quarterback. Year and, he's
1: missed three out of the last four years.
2: Yeah, it's it, you know it's it is worrying because yeah. uh, you know he's only going to develop through playing. Yeah, I get what you say with the clipboard um, side of you know side of things, but someone not someone, but. Uh, yeah, it yeah it it puts his development back. He needs to play, um, in order to develop. And when he does play, yeah. there's going to be even more pressure on him now because he's going to be that, you know, hypothetical uh, next year. Even though he's not played, he's going to be, you know, even if you don't play, you still get class as a third year quarterback, don't you? Well, he will be, yeah. despite playing what five games? Is it four, five? I can't remember a game without looking. So it is worrying, but I mean, let's just concentrate on the here and now this season. We're on week two, going into week three. We've got a lot of football ahead to play uh, and we've got a very talented team. So without sounding not disrespectful, but hopefully Trey comes back fully fit and healed and stuff. But we need to concentrate on the here and, and, and now. The, the
1: defence is balling out. If the defence balls out all season, we don't necessarily, we, 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 we might be able to get there. We did to the big dance with Jimmy G again we've done
0: it before looking back at what we did right in the game um which there was a heck of a lot that we did right let's face it um the Niners only allowed two QB pressures in the game that's a hell of an improvement by the offensive line isn't it um we ran 70 plays against the Seahawks 47 45 of those 70 plays were carries which is the most in a game for the Niners since 2011 um and it was for a total of 189 yards compared to the Seahawks' 36 yards. So we really did shut them down. Yeah,
1: and we know what we, we we've seen it before, haven't we? With with you know a run heavy offense, it's it, it's it goes hand in hand with that time of possession stat, which just demoralizes teams and it just completely tires their defense out, keeps them on the field. You know, it keeps their offense cold. It's just it's it's a winning formula. They can't win if they don't have the ball, and you know the risk element of a run, of a run game over a pa- a passing game is a lot less.
0: That's right. Uh, we did have somebody at the game again for us this week. Uh, Gay Landau Leonard was um, decent enough to actually record a review of the game for us. So let's listen to that now.
3: Hello, my name is Gay Lando Leonard and I'm a Brit from London who moved to California 38 years ago and I've been a Niners fan ever since. As we all know, Sunday's game against the Seahawks was a really bizarre mix of highs and lows. One personal high for my family was that we were given passes to the BNY Mellon Club on the 50-yard line of the Niners' side of the field. In addition to all the amazing free food and booze, the passes gave us field access to stand right behind the Niners' benches. The great news was that we were were within about 10 feet of the players, all the players. The bad news is I'm not tall enough to see over them and see what was actually happening on the field. I should mention our usual seats are on the 35-yard line, where we can see everything. But for this game, we had to turn to the giant screens at either end of the field to see the action. Because of that, I don't know I've got any extra insight to the game beyond what we all saw later on TV. But one thing I did spot quickly was Jimmy G, who'd just been sitting on the bench and occasionally standing up grabbed his helmet and rushed onto the field we hadn't actually seen trey lance go down but i immediately realized he must have been badly hurt the team doesn't allow replays of injuries on the big screens so we couldn't even see what was happening with trey and how bad it was Um, But as we all know, that turned out to be really bad. The only other real insight I had was how absolutely huge some of the players are when you're close up. Eric Armstead and Javon Kinlaw are massive human beings. Nick Bosa's muscles are unreal. Fred Warner's clearly the leader of the defence and kept up a motivational commentary the whole time. Talanoa Hufanga is very funny, talks to himself and the other players. D'Amico Ryans is a fierce motivator too. Debo Samuel is another clear leader, this time on the offence. The only other thing I really noticed is how much some of the players seem to really love and encourage each other. George Kittle had been up in the suite because he was injured, as we all know, but he came down just to hang with the team at one point, was shaking hands and hugging everyone. Um, finally, there were remarkably few Seahawks fans at Levi Stadium, fewer than at any prior matchup I've seen. I wonder if they've already given up on the season. I hope so. It's great that they weren't there en masse because they usually do that incredibly irritating chant, Seahawks, and it's like nails on a chalkboard. My family can't stand it. Anyway, we're off to Denver, actually, over the weekend to attend the Niners-Broncos game on Sunday night. That's because my youngest daughter's uh, boyfriend is a diehard Broncos fan, so he's going to face our entire Niners family. Should make for an interesting weekend. Take care, everyone, and go Niners. OK, thanks for that, Gay.
0: And, um, yeah, so it was a fantastic game by the 49ers. We've got another game coming up. We have got Sunday night football uh, in week three against the Denver Broncos. So, um, yeah, we'll be uh, we'll be facing a former Seattle Seahawks this time. Uh, the Niners lead the all-time series 8-7. to seven. The Broncos have won three of the last four, though, and six of the last nine. The last meeting was a 20-14 to 14 win for the Broncos. That was in week 14 of the 2018 season in Santa Clara. How do you guys feel going into this game against the Broncos?
2: I don't like Russell Wilson. I don't like playing Russell Wilson. I don't want to see us play Russell Wilson. <laughs> but if I'm going to play Russell Wilson, I want one man on my team, and his name is Nicholas Bosa. And he is absolutely yes. falling out. Uh, I saw a stat that Mark gave us that he's uh, got 22 and a half sacks in his last 22 games. Uh, it's it just it's phenomenal. And I think so much of this game is going to depend on whether they can catch him. Though I've got no doubt, though, they will get through to him but it's catching him. It's getting that wriggly little bugger <laughs> won't swear, uh, once you get through. So the penetration, I, I have no doubt about the penetration, we'll be able to get through them. But it's whether you can catch him. When he rolls out the back, he throw it, frightens the life out of me. Um, And it'll more pressure will be on, I think, this time, will be on the secondary than the defensive line. I don't think – and I've just said if they can catch him. But, you know, when he's running around at that behind – running around look like a headless chicken then throws it across forty odd yards. It's, it's you know, he's a great player. I just don't like him and I don't like playing him so <laughs> I mean, yeah. it's
1: not the same Russell Wilson as we've had previously. He's, he's on the down oh, spiral now, let's be fair. Uh, but you're right, we need to we need to rush and we need that Demarco Ryan DeMarco Ryan's needs to scheme something up whereby we're we're rushing we're getting through the the the, def- the offensive line in ones, in twos, and threes rather than just one. One he'll evade, twos and threes he won, and you know we've seen it before against mobile quarterbacks where Nick Bosa has got through. The minute he's evaded, there's nobody else there, and they could, they either run for twenty yard gain easily, or they've got all the time in the world to find something downfield. Um, and I think again, i touched touched it before with 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 Afanga, You know, he he looks like a safety who can blitz and blitz really well. Um, you know, some dialing something like that, or somebody coming off the corner to just catch Wilson by surprise and you know, coming, you know, backside safety sacker or one of the most beautiful sights in in football, particularly if it's Russell Wilson whose face is in the mud. Um so it's just something like that, just something to disrupt him. And yeah, I think we'll get I think we'll get the job done.
2: It's not gonna be a high scoring game, I don't think. No. It's not We, we are
0: one point underdogs going into this game at the time of recording. Uh, the Broncos are 24th in the NFL, averaging 16 points per game. Uh, the 49ers are 22nd, only just above them, averaging 17 points a game. So despite having scored one more point on average per game, we're one point underdogs. I didn't do the maths on this one. <laughs> um, but yeah, it, it, we seem to match up very, very evenly with the Broncos, don't we?
2: Statistically, yes. Team-wise and squad-wise, no. I think we've got the far superior, certainly defence. I think we've got a superior team. Again, I don't don't want this to come back and bite, but I don't think it's going to be a hard-scoring game, like I just Mm. said. We're going to absolutely run the ball down their throat. Hopefully, we can wear down their defence and hopefully our defence can do what it's been doing so far this season and show up and put the frighteners on Wilson. Um, It's going to be another Niners game where you're going to watch it and it's going to be heart attack football. You're going to be sitting yes. at the edge. At like every game as a Niners fan is, this one is definitely going to be one of those ones where you are watching through your hands, your fingers with your hands over your face. Um, <laughs> fortunately, with the time of it, I'm not going to be able to watch it because I'm in work at uh, early in the morning. So I won't be able to watch it live, unfortunately. I think the next two are um, what is uh, the early morning games for us in the UK. So, uh, I will be rewatching the full game and trying to avoid the score, which I probably won't be able to avoid it because I'll wake up to like forty thousand notifications. Um, so yeah, uh, but I I agree with Simon. I think we can get the job done. Um, I just hope Jimmy doesn't have a stinker.
0: I'm hoping personally that with hopefully with George Kittle coming back for this game, that's going to give Jimmy Garoppolo the extra weapon on offense. To be able to take us past the past the tape on this one, and if our defense plays as it has been, I'm I'm confident that we can get a win out of this, even with the even with the one point underdog status at the moment. Simon, what's your thoughts?
1: Yeah, I think I think I think we'll definitely get the job done. Um, I think with with like you say with with Kittle coming back, it gives us it certainly strengthens the run game, which has been very good so far. Anyway. Um, I don't see I think it'll be low scoring as James said. I think probably twenty ten, something like that. Um I just want to see I just want to see Wilson's face in the mud. I just want to stomp there and demoralized and beaten, you know, with his helmet hanging off half off his head. I just with
0: Nick Bosa sat on his back in triumph. Yeah, I'm just <laughs> planting a flag right in the middle of his back,
3: yeah.
0: So you you think twenty twenty against ten, uh, James, give us a score prediction.
2: Hmm. I think it will be a one score game I think it will be a touchdown score to us so what we're going to say 2013 something like that yeah I agree I do think we're good good for 20 points Uh, I'd like to keep Russell I'd like to keep Russell Wilson to a touchdown or less so yeah what 2013 I think I'm about 2014 maybe something like that Mm.
0: I think I've, I've got to agree with you guys it's going to be very tight I think the difference is going to be less I think it's going to be sort of a four-point game, maybe. Um, it, it's going to be very, very tight, but I think we will come out on top. So let's have a look at the uh, pick six uh, outcome after week two. Our winners this week were Michael Wandai and James Waters. They both had five points. Michael Wandai was on for a pick six with two games, or with one game left, I think. And then it all went wrong in Vegas for, was it the Bengals?
1: Uh, Cardinals,
0: wasn't it? Cardinals. It all all went wrong for Michael. And he ended up with five points um, to the table after week two. Top of the lead board is Kim Sorensen with eight points in first place. And then in second place, we have a tie between Darryl Nils-Hammond, Deepak Gohill, James Waters and Kevin Herbert on seven points. Out of the uh, out of the podcast team, D is top of the leaderboard with seven points. James, you're second with six points. Uh, Stephen uh, is on five points, along with Simon yourself and Michael Wandai on five points. I'm in fourth with Nathaniel James on four points. Mark Lyon, our statistician. Is on three points. <laughs> so, yeah, I'm not sure how that works. It needs, and Graham it
1: needs, it needs starts doing the stats before he puts his picks in instead of afterwards, I think. That's what it is. <laughs> that's what it is. <laughs>
0: and Graham Ross is bringing up the rear with two points. Um, so, yeah, that, that's how our pick six is coming out. Don't forget to get your picks in for this week's games. Um, I'm sure they'll all be up in the next couple of days. And if you haven't got involved yet in Deepak's Pickham's game on Yahoo, get involved in that as well because it's a really good laugh. Um, so yeah, that, that's it for the the show today. Any last any last thoughts, guys?
1: Uh, just just you know, well wishing well wishes for Trey. I think it's a it's a horrible injury for a young lad to to have to deal with. Um, obviously, in the public eye, and there's going to be so much crap written. Um, a lot of it not true, and a lot of you know just absolute guff circulating around. I just hope he's got the mental strength as well as the physical strength to uh, to cope with it. So prayers up, Trey. We're all uh, we're all rooting for you, dude.
2: Yeah, I agree. Yeah, just
0: take the time to recover. Take all the time that you need to recover, and uh, don't rush back. We've we've got it covered while you're away. Um And cat, just leave Jimmy G alone. He's busy now. <laughs> he's got things to be concentrating on so um, that is it for the show today so thank you very much to james little and to simon holdsworth um you've been fantastic people to have on the show
1: cheers thank you
0: for on. uh so that that's it for the show as i say i've been paul Macdonald. you've been the audience and this has been the frequency 49
2: show <laughs>
0: i can do it as well <laughs> Deepak, you've lost your place. (laughs) Bye for now.